right, all right, day 373. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so today, man, is Psalm uh, chapter 60. Psalm 60, and you have a psalm that is very similar um, in its content to Psalm 44. Psalm 44 is much longer, but Psalm 60 is very similar, right, to to, to what was um, portrayed in that psalm. And you just basically have this communal lament, right? We talked about before how laments, uh, psalms are broken up into categories, and lament is a psalm that goes from a problem to a praise. And so we have here, man, the people of God after a military defeat, right? And the psalm starts this way. God, you have rejected us. <laughs> you have broken us down. You have been angry. Restore us. You have shaken the land and split it open. Heal its fissures for it shudders. Rejected. Broken. Beat down. How many of us have said these exact same words about the way we felt in our relationship with God. One of the things I often say I love about the Psalms is that it's just comforting to know that people have not just felt the same things I felt, but even more so have prayed the exact same things I've prayed, right? Athanasius, the early church father says that the, the rest of the Bible speaks to us, but the Psalms speak for us. And notice here the plural pronouns he uses, right? God, you have rejected us. You have broken us down. Restore us, right? And it's this community who feels like because of the defeat they've seen in this life that they are rejected by God, right? And I think that, yeah, we feel this on an individual level all the time, but I think we even feel this on a communal level, right? And I think if I can be honest on this podcast, man, like I've felt that at times, like God, it doesn't feel like we have your blessing, right? It doesn't feel like your spirit, your power and your presence is with us, especially throughout this pandemic. And what he uses here in this Psalm is this imagery, right, of the land being split open, right, as this type of worldwide earthquake, right? He speaks of the way he has been given wine to drink. They have been given wine to drink to make them stagger. And this is alluding to, you know, the prophets where they talk about God's wrath being like a cup of wine that makes a man stagger. And think about the Lord Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's going to say, like, Lord, um, please take this cup from me, right? He's talking about the wrath of God he's going to undergo. And what Israel is saying, it says, yo, they're like, from where we're sitting, right? It seems as if those you chose, those you redeemed, those you saved, those you love, those you picked to be your special possession seem to be objects of your wrath, right? Um, the person that we thought had the solution seems at the same time to be the one that is the problem, right? And the beauty of this psalm, though, is that in the midst of his problems, he doesn't stop pleading, right? 
in the midst of your problems today. Let's this is a quick application. Do not stop pleading to God. Look what he says in the midst, like in the thick of the problems, save us or restore us. Right. In verse one. All right. You've been angry. Restore us. And then he'll come down in verse five and say, save with your right hand and answer me so that those you love. Right. So that those the ones you're beloved literally may be rescued. Right. And he talks about the right hand of God. And this is often used in scripture to speak of the Lord's mighty works and power and authority and redemption of his people, especially in places like the Exodus. But one of the things he does here, and this is so key in verses six to eight, you know what he does? He recalls the word of God. Right. And the word of God, according to verses six to eight, speaks of two things, the inheritance of of the land right under joshua and the prior defeat of their enemies as well what david is saying to us in his old in his um own old testament context is that the best way for us to be comforted in the midst of feeling rejection is to remember the works of god and the word of god right what he's promised in his word and what he has done for us in his works. Right. And what he promises to do through his word and what he promises to do through his works. What do I mean? Well, what David is going to talk about here is the inheritance, right? That was given to Israel at the time of the conquest. So you remember Moses redeemed the people out of Israel the people went through the wilderness for 40 years. A whole generation died out. The second generation came up and they entered the promised land. Moses didn't go because he was of the first generation technically, but the second generation went and it was their inheritance. And one of the things I've said on this podcast before, the land inheritance that Israel entered at the time of Joshua, hear this, was a type, a shadow of of the inheritance that Christians will have at the end of time, right? It was a picture pointing forward to a later redemptive reality, right? Given in the gospel of Jesus Christ at the end of time. When God, the Bible says, will be co-heirs with Christ, first Peter, right? And we will inherit the world, right? God will subdue all enemies, Satan, sin, death, and all of the effects of the fall, and we will reign with the Lord on the entire earth where we will dwell in his presence forever in eternal sabbatical rest. Right. One of the things we need to do when we feel this way, rejected, abandoned, like as if we are experiencing the wrath of God is to remember our inheritance. All right. Remember what the Lord did for the Exodus generation and remember what he's promised to do for all generations, for us. Right. And that has been accomplished and secured by the person and work of Jesus Christ. Right. And the fact that, yo, at the end of the day, God's always defeated his enemies. Right. Even when it felt like his people were rejected, even when it felt like his only son, even when his only son said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me in in that event? God was subduing his enemies. Listen, David says at the end here, he's like, yo, I have recalled what you've done. 
And I know that if you did it then, you're going to do it again. And so he says, yo, divine aid is what we need, right? As we fight in our own context against the injustices of the world, the sin that lives inside and outside of us, all of the manifold effects of the fall, and ultimately even against our own spiritual enemy, the father of lies, Satan himself, we need divine aid, right? Don't try to do this in your own strength. Remember the promises of God. Cling to the word of God, right? We need the resources of the word and the spirit and sacrament and the church, right? And nothing less. And so we ask it today that divine aid would be on our side, that the Lord would restore us and return to us, even when we feel rejected. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would be with us. Um, for human help is worthless, as the psalm says, and we face uh, a multitude of problems on this earth as we are in the wilderness awaiting our inheritance and our rest. And so, Lord, I pray that you would comfort us today, that you would help us to remember what the Lord Jesus accomplished and what you've promised in your word and what you've promised to do for us in your